Hello and welcome back to Read Along with Anushka. After a few short short chapters of the past few days, I'm sure you're in for a big treat this time because this one's a longish chapter. Let's quickly start with chapter 24, An Impasse. My eyes opened to a bright white light. I was in an unfamiliar room, a white room. The wall beside me was covered in long vertical blinds. Over my head, the glaring lights blinded me. I was propped up on a hard uneven bed, a bed with rails. The pillows were flat and lumpy. There was an annoying beeping sound somewhere close by. I hoped that meant I was still alive. Death should not be this uncomfortable. My hands were all twisted up with clear tubes and something was taped across my face under my nose. I lifted my hand to rip it off. No you don't. And cool fingers caught my hand. Edward? I turned my head slightly and his exquisite face was just inches from mine, his chin resting on the edge of my pillow. I realized again that I was alive, this time with gratitude and elation. Oh Edward, I'm so sorry. Shh, he shushed me. Everything's all right now. What happened? I could not remember clearly and my mind rebelled against me as I tried to recall. I was almost too late. I could have been too late. He whispered, his voice tormented. I was so stupid, Edward. I thought he had my mom. He tricked us all. I need to call Charlie and my mom. I realized through the haze. Alice called them. Rene is here. Well, you're in the hospital. She's getting something to eat right now. She's here? I tried to sit up but the spinning in my head accelerated and his hand pushed me gently down onto the pillows. She'll be back soon, he promised. And you need to stay still. But what did you tell her? I panicked. I had no interest in being soothed. My mom was here and I was recovering from a vampire attack. Why did you tell her I'm here? You fell down two flights of stairs and through a window. He paused. You have to admit it could happen. I sighed and it hurt. I stared down at my body under the sheet, the huge lump that was my leg. How bad am I? I asked. You have a broken leg, four broken ribs, some cracks in your skull, bruises covering every inch of your skin and you've lost a lot of blood. They gave you a few transfusions. I didn't like it. It made you smell all wrong for a while. That must have been a nice change for you. No. I like how you smell. How did you do it? I asked quietly. He knew what I meant at once. I'm not sure. He looked away from my wondering eyes, lifting my gauze-wrapped hand from the bed and holding it gently in his, careful not to disrupt the wire connecting me to one of the monitors. I waited patiently for the rest. He sighed without returning my gaze. It was impossible to stop, he whispered. Impossible, but I did. He looked up finally with half a smile. I must love you. Don't I taste as good as I smell? I smiled in response. That hurt my face. Even better, better than I had imagined. I'm sorry, I apologized. He raised his eyes to the ceiling. of all the things to apologize for
what should I apologize for? For very nearly taking yourself away from me forever. I'm sorry, I apologized again. I know why you did it, his voice was comforting. It was still irrational, of course. You should have waited for me. You should have told me. You would not have let me go. No, he agreed in a grim tone. I would not. Some very unpleasant memories were beginning to come back to me. I shuddered and then winced. He was instantly anxious. Bella, what's wrong? What happened to James? After I pulled him off you, Emmett and Jasper took care of him. There was a fierce note of regret in his voice. This confused me. I did not see Emmett and Jasper there. They had to leave the room. There was a lot of blood. But you stayed. Yes, I stayed. And Alice and Carlyle, I said in wonder. They love you too, you know. A flash of painful images from the last time I had seen Alice reminded me of something. Did Alice see the tape? I asked anxiously. Yes. A new sound darkened his voice, a tone of sheer hatred. She was always in the dark. That's why she did not remember. I know. She understands now. His voice was even, but his face was black with fury. I tried to reach his face with my free hand, but something stopped me. I glanced down to see the ivy pulling at my hand. Ugh! I winced. What is it? he asked anxiously, distracted but not enough. The bleakness did not entirely leave his eyes. Needles, I explained, looking away from the one in my hand. I concentrated on a warped ceiling tile and tried to breathe deeply, despite the ache in my ribs. Afraid of a needle, he muttered to himself under his breath, shaking his head. Oh, a sadistic vampire intent on torturing her to death? Sure, no problem. She runs off to meet him. An IV, on the other hand. I rolled my eyes. I was pleased to discover that this reaction, at least, was pain-free. I decided to change the subject. Why are you here? I asked. He stared at me, first confusion and then hurt, touching his eyes. His brows pulled together as he frowned. Do you want me to leave? No, I protested, horrified by the thought. No, I meant why does your my mother think you're here? I need to have my story straight before she gets back. Oh, he said, and his forehead smoothed back into marble. I came to Phoenix to talk some sense into you, to convince you to come back to folks. His wide eyes were so earnest and sincere, I almost believed him myself. You agreed to see me, and you drove out to the hotel where I was staying with Carlyle and Alice. Of course I was here with parental supervision, he inserted virtuously. But you tripped on the stairs on the way to my room, and... Well, you know the rest. You don't need to remember any details, though. You have a good excuse to be a little muddled about the finer points. I thought about it for a moment. There are a few flaws with that story, like no broken windows. Not really, he said. Alice had a little bit too much fun fabricating evidence. It has all been taken care of very convincingly. You could probably sue the hotel if you wanted to. You have nothing to worry about, he promised, stroking my cheek with the slightest of touches. Your only job now is to heal. I was not so lost to the soreness or the fog of medication that I did not respond to his touch. 
the beeping of the monitor jumped around erratically now he was not the only one who could hear my heart misbehave that's going to be embarrassing i muttered to myself he chuckled and a speculative look came into his eyes hmm i wonder he leaned in slowly the beeping noise accelerated wildly before his lips even touched me but when they did though with the most gentle of pressure the beeping stopped altogether he pulled back abruptly his anxious expression turning to relief as the monitor reported the restarting of my heart it seems that i'm going to have to be even more careful with you than usual he frowned i was not finished kissing you i complained don't make me come over there he grinned and bent to press his lips lightly to mine the monitor went wild but then his lips were taut he pulled away i think i hear your mother he said grinning again don't leave me i cried an irrational surge of panic flooding through me i could not let him go he might disappear from me again he read the terror in my eyes for a short second i won't he promised solemnly and then he smiled i'll take a nap he moved from the hard plastic chair by my side to the turquoise four leather recliner at the foot of my bed leaning it all the way back and closing his eyes he was perfectly still don't forget to breathe i whispered sarcastically he took a deep breath his eyes still closed i could hear my mother now she was talking to someone maybe a nurse and she sounded tired and upset i wanted to jump out of the bed and run to her to calm her promised that everything was fine but i was not in any sort of shape for jumping so i waited impatiently the door opened a crack and she peeked through mom i whispered my voice full of love and relief she took in edward's still form on the recliner and tiptoed to my bedside he never leaves does he she mumbled to herself mom i'm so glad to see you she bent down to hug me gently and i felt warm tears falling on my cheeks bella i was so upset i'm sorry mom but everything's fine now it's okay i comforted her i'm just glad to finally see your eyes open she sat on the edge of my bed i suddenly realized i did not have any idea when it was how long have they been closed it's friday hun you've been out for a while friday i was shocked i tried to remember what day it had been when but i did not want to think about that they had to keep you sedated for a while honey you've got a lot of injuries i know i could feel them you're lucky dr cullen was there he's such a nice man very young though and he looks more like a model than a doctor you met carlyle and edward's sister alice she's a lovely girl she is i agreed wholeheartedly she glanced over her shoulder at edward lying with his eyes closed in the chair you did not tell me you had such good friends and folks i cringed and then moaned what hurts she demanded anxiously turning back to me edward's eyes flashed to my face it's fine i assured them i just have to remember not to move he lapsed back into his phony slumber i took advantage of my mother's momentary distraction to keep the subject from returning to my less than candid behavior where's phil i asked quickly florida oh bella you'll never guess just when we were about to leave the best news phil got signed i guessed yes 
How did you guess? The suns, can you believe it? That's great, mom, I said as enthusiastically as I could manage, though I had little idea what that meant. And you will like Jacksonville so much, she gushed while I stared at her vacantly. I was a little bit worried when Phil started talking about Akram, what with the snow and everything because you know how I hate the cold. But now Jacksonville, it's always sunny and the humidity really isn't that bad. We found the cutest house, yellow, with white trim and a porch just like in an old movie and this huge oak tree and it's just a few minutes from the ocean and you'll have your own bedroom. Wait, mom, I interrupted. Edward still had his eyes closed but he looked too tense to pass as asleep. What are you talking about? I'm not going to Florida. I live in Forks. But you don't have to anymore, silly, she laughed. Phil will be able to be around so much more now. We have talked about it a lot. And what I'm going to do is trade off on the away games. Half the time with you, half the time with him. Mom, I hesitated, wondering how best to be diplomatic about this. I want to live in Forks. I'm already settled in at school and I have a couple of girlfriends. She glanced toward Edward again when I reminded her of friends. So I tried another direction. And Charlie needs me. He's just all alone up there and he can't cook at all. You want to stay in folks? She asked, bewildered. The idea was inconceivable to her. And then her eyes flickered back toward Edward. Why? I told you, school, Charlie, ouch. I had shrugged, not a good idea. Her hands fluttered helplessly over me, trying to find a safe place to pat. She made do with my forehead. It was unbandaged. Bella, honey, you hate folks, she reminded me. It's not so bad. She frowned and looked back and forth between Edward and me, this time very deliberately. Is it this boy? She whispered. I opened my mouth to lie, but her eyes were scrutinizing my face, and I knew she would see through that. He's part of it, I admitted. No need to confess how big a part. So, have you had a chance to talk with Edward? I asked. Yes. She hesitated, looking at his perfectly still form. And I want to talk to you about that. Uh-oh. What about? I asked. I think that boy is in love with you, she accused, keeping her voice low. I think so too, I confided. And how do you feel about him? She only poorly concealed the raging curiosity in her voice. I sighed, looking away. As much as I loved my mom, this was not a conversation I wanted to have with her. I'm pretty crazy about him. There, that sounded like something a teenager with her first boyfriend might say. Well, he seems very nice and my goodness, he's incredibly good looking. But you're so young, Bella. Her voice was unsure. As far as I could remember, this was the first time since I was eight that she had come close to trying to sound like a parental authority. I recognized the reasonable but firm tone of voice from talks I had had with her about men. I know that, Mom. Don't worry about it. It's just a crush. I soothed her. That's right. She agreed, easily pleased. Then she sighed and glanced guiltily over her shoulder at the big round clock on the wall. Do you need to go? She bit her lip. Phil is supposed to call in a little while. I did not know you were going to wake up. No problem, Mom. I tried to tone down the relief so she would not get her feelings hurt. I won't be alone. 
I'll be back soon. I've been sleeping here, you know. She announced, proud of herself. Oh, mom, you don't have to do that. You can sleep at home. I'll never notice. The swirl of painkillers in my brain was making it hard to concentrate even now, though apparently I had been sleeping for days. I was too nervous, she admitted sheepishly. There has been some crime in the neighborhood and I don't like being there alone. Crime? I asked in alarm. Someone broke into that dance studio around the corner from the house and burned it to the ground. There's nothing left at all. And they left a stolen car right out front. Do you remember when you used to dance there, honey? I remember. I shivered and winced. I can stay, baby, if you need me. No, mom, I'll be fine. Edward will be with me. She looked like that might be why she wanted to stay. I'll be back tonight. It sounded as much like a warning as it sounded like a promise, and she glanced at Edward again as she said it. I love you, Mom. I love you too, Bella. Try to be more careful when you walk, honey. I don't want to lose you. Edward's eyes stayed closed, but a wide grin flashed across his face. A nurse came bustling in then to check all my tubes and wires. My mother kissed my forehead, patted my gauze-strapped hand, and left. The nurse was checking the paper readout on my heart monitor. Are you feeling anxious, honey? Your heart rate got a little high there. I'm fine, I assured her. I'll tell your RN that you're awake. She'll be in to see you in a minute. As soon as she closed the door, Edward was at my side. You stole a car? I raised my eyebrows. He smiled, unrepentant. It was a good car, very fast. How was your nap? I asked. Interesting, his eyes narrowed. What? He looked down while he answered. I'm surprised. I thought Florida and your mother. Well, I thought that's what you would want. I stared at him uncomprehendingly. But you would be stuck inside all day in Florida. You'd only be able to come out at night, just like a real vampire. He almost smiled, but not quite. And then his face was grave. I would stay in folks, Bella. Or somewhere like it, he explained. Some place where I could not hurt you anymore. It did not sink and at first, I continued to stare at him blankly as the words one by one clicked into place in my head like a ghastly puzzle. I was barely conscious of the sound of my heart accelerating, though as my breathing became hyperventilation, I was aware of the sharp aching in my protesting ribs. He did not say anything. He watched my face warily, as the pain that had nothing to do with broken bones, pain that was infinitely worse, threatened to crush me. And then another nurse walked purposefully into the room. Edward sat still as stone as she took in my expression with a practiced eye before turning to the monitors. Time for more pain meds, sweetheart? She asked kindly, tapping the IV feed. No, no, I mumbled trying to keep the agony out of my voice. I don't need anything. I could not afford to close my eyes now. No need to be brave, honey. It's better if you don't get too stressed out. You need to rest. She waited, but I just shook my head. Okay, she sighed. Hit the call button when you are ready. She gave Edward a stern look and threw one more anxious glance at the machinery before leaving. His cool hands were on my face. I stared at him with wild eyes. Shh, Bella, calm down. Don't leave me, I begged in a broken voice. I won't, he promised. 
Now relax before I call the nurse back to sedate you. But my heart could not slow. Bella, he stroked my face anxiously. I'm not going anywhere. I'll be right here as long as you need me. Do you swear you won't leave me? I whispered. I tried to control the gasping at least. My ribs were throbbing. He put his hands on either side of my face and brought his face close to mine. His eyes were wide and serious. I swear. The smell of his breath was soothing. It seemed to ease the ache of my breathing. He continued to hold my gaze while my body slowly relaxed and the beeping returned to a normal pace. His eyes were dark, closer to black than gold today. Better? he asked. Yes, I said cautiously. He shook his head and muttered something unintelligible. I thought I picked out the word overreaction. Why did you say that? I whispered, trying to keep my voice from shaking. Are you tired of having to save me all the time? Do you want me to go away? No, I don't want to be without you, Bella. Of course not. Be rational. And I have no problem with saving you either. If it were not for the fact that I was the one putting you in danger. That I am the reason that you're here. Yes, you are the reason, I frowned. The reason I'm here, alive. Barely, his voice was just a whisper. Covered in gauze and plaster and hardly able to move. I was not referring to my most recent near-death experience, I said, growing irritated. I was thinking of the others. You can take your pick. If it weren't for you, I would be rotting away in the Froke's cemetery. He winced at my words, but the haunted look did not leave his eyes. That's not the worst part, though, he continued to whisper. He acted as if I had not spoken. Not seeing you there on the floor, crumpled and broken, his voice was choked. Not thinking I was too late, not even hearing you scream in pain. All those unbearable memories that I will carry with me for the rest of eternity. No, the very worst was feeling, knowing that I could not stop, believing that I was going to kill you myself. But you didn't. I could have, so easily. I knew I needed to stay calm, but he was trying to talk himself into leaving me, and the panic fluttered into my lungs, trying to get out. Promise me, I whispered. What? You know what? I was starting to get angry now. He was so stubbornly determined to dwell on the negative. He heard the change in my tone. His eyes tightened. I don't seem to be strong enough to stay away from you, so I suppose that you'll get your way, whether it kills you or not, he added roughly. Good. He had not promised, though, a fact that I had not missed. The panic was only barely contained. I had no strength left to control the anger. You told me how you stopped. Now I want to know why, I demanded. Why? He repeated warily. Why you did it? Why didn't you just let the venom spread? By now I would be just like you. Edward's eyes seemed to turn flat black, and I remembered that this was something he had never intended me to know. Alice must have been preoccupied by the things she had learned about herself, or she had been very careful with her thoughts around him. Clearly, he had had no idea that she had filled me in on the mechanics of vampire conversions. He was surprised and infuriated. His nostrils flared. His mouth looked as if it was chiseled from stone. He was not going to answer. That much was clear. 
I'll be the first to admit that I have no experience with relationships, I said. But it just seems logical. A man and woman have to be somewhat equal, as in one of them can't always be swooping in and saving the other one. They have to save each other equally. He folded his arms on the side of my bed and rested his chin on his arms. His expression was smooth. The anger reigned in. Evidently, he had decided he was not angry with me. I hoped I would get a chance to warn Alice before he caught up with her. You have saved me, he said quietly. I can't always be Louis Lane, I insisted. I want to be Superman too. You don't know what you're asking. His voice was soft. He stared intently at the edge of the pillowcase. I think I do. Bella, you don't know. I've had almost 90 years to think about this and I'm still not sure. Do you wish that Kalal had not saved you? No, I don't wish that. He paused before continuing. But my life is over. I was not giving anything up. You are my life. You're the only thing it would hurt me to lose. I was getting better at this. It was easy to admit how much I needed him. He was very calm though, decided. I can't do it, Bella. I won't do that to you. Why not? My throat rasped and the words were not as loud as I had meant them to be. Don't tell me it's too hard. After today, or I guess it was a few days ago, anyway, after that, it should be nothing. He glared at me. And the pain? He asked. I blanched. I could not help it, but I tried to keep my expression from showing how clearly I remembered the feeling, the fire in my veins. That's my problem, I said. I can handle it. It's possible to take bravery to the point where it becomes insanity. It's not an issue. Three days, big deal. Edward grimaced again as my words reminded him that I was more informed than he had ever intended me to be. I watched him repress the anger, watched as his eyes grew speculative. Charlie, he asked curtly. Rene? Minutes passed in silence as I struggled to answer his question. I opened my mouth, but no sound came out. I closed it again. He waited and his expression became triumphant because he knew I had no true answer. Look, that's not an issue either, I finally muttered. My voice was as unconvincing as it always was when I lied. Renee has always made the choices that work for her. She would want me to do the same. And Charlie's resilient. He is used to being on his own. I can't take care of them forever. I have my own life to live. Exactly, he snapped. And I won't end it for you. If you're waiting for me to be on my deathbed, I've got news. I was just there. You're going to recover, he reminded me. I took a deep breath to calm myself, ignoring the spasm of pain it triggered. I stared at him and he stared back. There was no compromise in his face. No, I said slowly. I'm not. His forehead creased. Of course you are. You may have a scar or two. You're wrong, I insisted. I'm going to die. Really, Bella? He was anxious now. You'll be out of here in a few days, two weeks at most. I glared at him. I may not die now, but I am going to die sometime. Every minute of the day I get closer and I'm going to get old. He frowned as what I was saying sunk in, pressing his long fingers to his temples and closing his eyes. That's how it's supposed to happen, how it should happen.
how it would have happened if I did not exist. And I should not exist. I snorted. He opened his eyes in surprise. That's stupid. That's like going to someone who's just won the lottery, taking their money and saying, look, let's just go back to how things should be. It's better that way. And I'm not buying it. I'm hardly a lottery prize, he growled. That's right, you're much better. He rolled his eyes and set his lips. Bella, we're not having this discussion anymore. I refuse to damn you to an eternity of night and that's the end of it. If you think that's the end, then you don't know me very well, I warned him. You're not the only vampire I know. His eyes went black again. Alice would not dare. And for a moment he looked so frightening that I could not help but believe it. I could not imagine someone brave enough to cross him. Alice already saw it, didn't she? I guessed. That's why the things she says upset you. She knows I'm going to be like you, someday. She's wrong. She also saw you dead, but that did not happen either. You'll never catch me betting against Alice. We stared at each other for a very long time. It was quiet except for the whirring of the machines, the beeping, the dripping, the ticking of the big clock on the wall. Finally, his expression softened. So where does that leave us? I wondered. He chuckled humorlessly. I believe it's called an impasse. I sighed. Ouch, I muttered. How are you feeling? He asked, eyeing the button for the nurse. I'm fine, I lied. I don't believe you, he said gently. I'm not going back to sleep. You need rest. All this arguing is not good for you. So give in, I hinted. Nice try. He reached for the button. No, he ignored me. Yes, the speaker on the wall squawked. I think we're ready for more pain medication, he said calmly, ignoring my furious expression. I'll send in the nurse. The voice sounded very bored. I won't take it, I promised. He looked toward the sack of fluids hanging beside my bed. I don't think they're going to ask you to swallow anything. My heart rate started to climb. He read the fear in my eyes and sighed in frustration. Bella, you're in pain. You need to relax so you can heal. Why are you being so difficult? They're not going to put any more needles in you now. I'm not afraid of the needles, I mumbled. I'm afraid to close my eyes. Then he smiled his crooked smile and took my face between his hands. I told you, I'm not going anywhere. Don't be afraid. As long as it makes you happy, I'll be here. I smiled back, ignoring the ache in my cheeks. You're talking about forever, you know? Oh, you'll get over it. It's just a crush. I shook my head in disbelief. It made me dizzy. I was shocked when Rene swallowed that one. I know you know better. That's the beautiful thing about being human, he told me. Things change. My eyes narrowed. Don't hold your breath. He was laughing when the nurse came in, brandishing a syringe. Excuse me, she said brusquely to Edward. He got up and crossed to the end of the small room, leaning against the wall. He folded his arms and waited. I kept my eyes on him, still apprehensive. He met my gaze, calmly. Here you go, honey. The nurse smiled as she injected the medicine into my tube. You'll feel better now. Thanks, I mumbled, unenthusiastic. 
It did not take long. I could feel the drowsiness trickling through my bloodstream almost immediately. That ought to do it, she muttered as my eyelids drooped. She must have left the room because something cold and smooth touched my face. Stay. The word was slurred. I will, he promised. His voice was beautiful, like a lullaby. Like I said, as long as it makes you happy. As long as it's what's best for you. I tried to shake my head, but it was too heavy. It's not the same thing, I mumbled. He laughed. Don't worry about that now, Bella. You can argue with me when you wake up. I think I smiled. Kay. I could feel his lips at my ear. I love you, he whispered. Me too. I know, he laughed quietly. I turned my head slightly, searching. He knew what I was after. His lips touched mine gently. Thanks, I sighed. Any time. I was not really there at all anymore, but I fought against the stupor weakly. There was just one more thing I wanted to tell him. Edward? I struggled to pronounce his name clearly. Yes? I'm betting on Alice, I mumbled. And then the night closed over me. So that was chapter 24, an impasse for all intents and purposes, the last chapter of the book. We just have one more epilogue, which we'll do tomorrow. It's a little bittersweet to put an end to this journey. Just one more chapter to go. I know there are more books to the saga, New Moon, Eclipse and Breaking Dawn, but I'm not really sure if I'm gonna hold a book read of them as well. I'll keep you updated, so join me tomorrow. Please join me tomorrow for the last podcast, the last chapter of the book, the first book of the Twilight Saga. So till then, take care, stay safe, do come back tomorrow. Goodbye.